we used to say in our language, umuntung, umuntung abantu, meaning that you are because I am. We can't, you can't be alone and then you call yourself you are a human. You are human because of other people around you. Welcome to Home Stories, where we explore the lives of Ireland's newest residents who've arrived from Africa, Asia and South America and are currently passing through the direct provision system. My name is Mankan McGann and today I'm talking to Fortunate from Zimbabwe, who lived in South Africa. What's your name? Fortunate, Nontlantla, Ndlau. But uh, my married name now is Fortunate in Nontlantla, Nesengan, because of my marriage. Uh-huh. Yes. And where are you from? From Zimbabwe. And uh, so how long have you been in Europe for? I've been here for five years now, five and a half, I can say, yeah. Um, where did you get the name Fortunate? Did you choose that or was that your parents? They said when I was born, there was a chaos in the, you know, in hospital, even in the family, there was nothing that was going okay. So the children that they were born in that time, they were dying. They were so surprised, like, oh, how did you survive? And then the... My parents, they said, oh, this one is very lucky. It's <laughs> mean fortunate, meaning you're very lucky. And have you been fortunate, do you feel? Yes, I've been so fortunate <laughs> since I was born. Like, my name is really following me. Um, I'm very fortunate in everything that I do. I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate I'm married. I'm fortunate I'm in Europe. I'm the best person in my family, in my tribe to be in Europe. They think that I'm in America, though. <laughs> I'm the best person to board a flight outside the country. So really, I am not my things that I, I'm doing, they're like very successful. And people love me. I grew up in a village called Matopo. It's very mountainous. And we've got dangerous snakes, all the snakes, a black mamba, green mamba, white mamba, all the mambas that they ever, we ever heard about them in those mountains. And we've got our own, <laughs> only baboons. <laughs> They're very rude. And then when we plow our maize, they come to steal from us. But we think they behave like really human because they're only lazy. They know how to wake up early in the morning, but they wake up to come and steal. Got our own monkeys, then they're very like childish. They come to steal also, but they're not like stealing the baboons. And we've got also our dangerous animals like leopards. We've got uh, mountain leopards, but they don't attack any humans. If you attack them, that's when they attack you, but they're really like they're mountainous and they they kill other uh, animals like maybe goats and you know small mm. animals mm. yeah so when you were young were you did you encounter snakes did you see snakes or was it just that you read about them yes yes i did see i did see sometimes you go to the field you are you know cultivating with horse you are busy there, maybe you step on it. The snakes realize that this is a mistake and it can know that now you are attacking me. So if you step on it, it won't bite you. It will run away. But if you really attack, you take a, 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 maybe a log, maybe you want to hit it, it will really bite you and it will follow you. It will run after you and bite you and kill you. 
Oh, but that's so beautiful. So you're saying that a snake will know if you do something by accident and it will forgive you and go away. Yes, definitely. It knows that and it will just run away. And even if it is a child, a child can touch a snake and then play with the snake. A very poisonous. The snake cannot bite that child. That's such a beautiful thought. We never think of snakes like that. So snakes will know a children and will forgive a child for being curious yes. is what you're saying. Yes. So if you come across a snake, you're not immediately very frightened, are you? No, I would just say, ah, oh, there are snakes here. That's what I would say. <laughs> because I won't be frightened because they're supposed to be there anyway. <laughs> I need to learn from you. <laughs> are you happy at the fact that you were brought up in a village and maybe with traditional houses and growing your own vegetables? Are there fond memories of that? Yes, I've got lots of memories of my village growing. You know, I think of now when it is summertime, when we used to grow up the first harvest that we used to have, there is a sacred place that we, we harvest and then we take our food there. Then all the villagers will come together. Then they will have this big part, they kill cakes. Then there will be a lot of meat and then we'll eat and celebrate the season, the summer season. Then we'll celebrate that like as a prayer, like we, we wish to have a good harvest. And also there will be praying for rain to come for that summer to have good harvesting. And it will be very nice. And then like for example, let's say there will be a, a wedding, maybe somebody, maybe there will be, there will be a good big celebration. We'll be making them the same, I don't know how you call it. We take the, or the dried maize, then we grind it, then we come together. Every village must uh, contribute something to that wedding. We don't buy things like that. We contribute maids, we contribute things that will be helping the wedding. I once been one of uh, the strawmates in the wedding like that. We just, they, we saw our own like wedding dress with the things that are valuable there, not like we're buying anything. So, yeah, that memory that show the community that we togetherness, like we grow together and then the civilization come and we civilize together and we change a little bit, but I still remember that one. It was fantastic, wonderful life. And would you like that maybe some of that could come back and even in Ireland that a village would all celebrate together and bring their own food and maybe sew their own clothes? You know, should we, should we keep some of those things alive? Yeah, yeah, I think that 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 would be very nice because uh, when we we stick together as community, I think there will be no hits, there will be no looking down, there will be no poverty, there will be no no lake actually. Everybody will be have something. Like uh, for example, what I'm saying about the, the summer uh, festival, whenever there is somebody that is not able to plow or to produce something, the villagers, they share, they cover each other's shame because they have to be coming together. There will be nobody that is having nothing. Everybody has something, even if it is legally. And do you think your, your idea, that outlook, that attitude, is that, would that be common among people among your friends or among people you know in Zimbabwe, that it might be better if everybody works together. Like, you know, in Ireland, we seem to work apart, don't we? We're very individual. Yeah, it is um, individual, but uh, there is some way, somehow, Irish, they're so sociable. Like, uh, 
Yeah, that that thing it it, it among us like a Zimbabwean, like uh, for example, we here in Ireland when we have anything like for example we had we lost our brother here last time, and we came together. Nobody was telling anybody what to do. Everybody knew knew what to do. We come together. We contribute some money. We contribute. We sing together. We contribute some prayers. We contribute ideas how we want him to be buried. And nobody, like, it's not for somebody, one person's uh, thing. When somebody dies, like, or maybe somebody is having a problem, it's our thing. Even if I'm going through the uh, problems, all my people, they come together, they create it like a group. Then they contribute something, their ideas, all things together like that. I think it can be very good if it uh, is brought here to islands to help people to share. Also in Zimbabwe, we are colonized by English. Also, we've got that beautiful, when we're here, we try to isolate ourselves to behave like English. Yeah, we're trying to live communally. We are a bit like confused. So are you saying that the Irish people and Zimbabwe people might share this communal idea, but then the English colonial idea brought a different idea? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I say I can say so, because there is a fear of being we are like confused of being a little bit English and bit of, you know, this human, you know, but we still still there. We are still there. And Irish, they are very, very sociable. They are also that kind of people that they say, come and if you have a problem, they raise. I saw in myself, I saw, I experienced that Irish, they came together to support me and through hard and thin things, they still there. And do you have plans for what you're going to do here? Yes, I'm here to work, to buy my own house, to raise my children here. I'm planning even to have one child here and then to raise <laughs> my child here, to live here the rest of my life. And then if happen, maybe when times comes, I can help you visiting Africa also, like what other people they do also. I'm living in Athlone, and Athlone is very wonderful. It's Beautiful. They've got nice places. We've got our river Shannon. I've researched many tourist places. It's the center of island. So even if I want to go anywhere, I'm in the center. Just go around, round, round, and then come back to my center where I am. Is there something that you would like to bring to Ireland or to do in Ireland or to give to Ireland? Oh, like uh, as now I'm doing the forest school. I'm still learning to see what uh, I can bring. But when I work with the young children, I think I can bring lots of things that I grew up learning, like especially maybe, let's say, game stories. And then, you know, because our stories, most of them, they are educative stories, and especially to respect others, to respect others, to respect the nature. We used to say in our language, meaning that you are because I am. We can't, you can't be alone and then you call yourself you are a human. You are human because of other people around you. We are doing forest school. We go to Portlick Woodlands and then we bring them there. We bring, we bring about 20, 25 children. And then we really do have a good time. And then they really explore. And if you see their faces when they go, they, they can't wait. We are running it all every Saturdays with the, the young children for now but we're also planning to take the uh, older uh, teenagers also 
to tell them that they can live with nature without like, you know, having all things in their, you know, the golden spoon in their mouth. They can live in the nature. You know, some children, they haven't even seen the fire. They don't know how, wow, the fire is made, you know. So trying to teach them things like that, that some they, they struggle to go and pee, you know, in the forest. They really struggle, but you say, just go around the, the tree, just go around the tree. We, just want to them to learn that life it can be livable without you know even the toilet like things like that. Then they want water. There is water river there, but they will be struggling. They want the one from the tap. You see, we didn't have a tap. I grew up until I'm here. I'm here like that now. I never have a tap. We carry our water with our head with the pocket from river to the house. Last week we taught them. There is a, this tree that has a, a white flower that is very nutritious and it um, has vitamin C. We made tea out of that uh, flowers and then we enjoy the children. They were so, 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 so fascinated with this kind of tea from a tree, from the forest. You, they, some they even pick the, uh, the flowers to bring to their parents. You know, they think that the tea comes from supernatural something that is not there. So if you bring natural things like like that and then show them this is a, the nature, this is a, how we grew up. Like for, for example, we didn't have tea from the shops. We you, you go to our, our gardens and then we just pick up the, anything. Then we make our tea and then we drink our tea. We didn't have the shops to buy our tea. <laughs> So you're involved with a choir in Athlone, in the Direct Provision Centre. Yes, I do. We have a very wonderful choir and we hope that it will be working throughout the islands. And then, yeah, this choir started, as I told you before, that uh, after the death of our brother that died. And then we're singing and the Irish were sitting there. They were, wow, wow. And we're singing because we believe that when somebody died or and if we are going through hard times, you sing. If you're going happy times, you sing. If we are not, we are not sure what we are doing, you sing. <laughs> Everything you sing. If you don't see the way, you sing. So that's what we did because people, they were there. We couldn't do anything and we say that People, they, they will start talking and then nobody will listening to anybody. So we started singing. I, start, I started singing. And then everybody now continues singing. Then uh, the Irish came to me and said, wow, fortunate, is that your culture? I said, yeah. Then they said, okay, can't you do this so that your children that are born here, they must they keep on doing the same thing? I said, wow, no. I called some few uh, ladies, they come and join me. All of a sudden, before I knew it, we were 15 in the choir, like, wow. And people were singing and we were dancing. We just make fun of ourselves, just to come out. And, and during the coronavirus, we did it outside, you know, the social distancing and ourselves. And then it was really funny. Instead of us uh, having the stress of um, mental health thing, and we had our own mental health treatment, how we treat ourselves. And then our choir, I think it also is very... Wonderful, and we nearly, nearly got an award for that, and we hope by next year we'll be so vibrant and so powerful, and we are gearing up for it. And would you, would you be able to just sing me one line of a song now? <laughs> okay. 
Home Stories is funded by Creative Ireland with the support of Leash and Westmead County Councils. Music by Brian Moglin and Miles O'Reilly. The series was edited and produced by Lauren Varian. More episodes at moncon.com. That's M-A-N-C-H-A-N dot com. <laughs>